Hey, happy Father's Day. Happy fathers, if you're a grandfather, great-grandfather, Noah father. <laughs> but uh, we're going to celebrate Father's Day. I think this is going to be a uh, kind of, I think you'll enjoy it. It's called Duct Tape Dads. Paul writes in 1 Timothy 2, 13, 14, And it was not Adam who was deceived by Satan. The woman was deceived and sin was the result. You say, well, what in the world does that have to do with fathers? Plenty. Because dad needs to come to the place of taking his rightful place of responsibility in leading. Not dominating. Not wiping his feet on anybody. It's not this business of submit woman because I am the man, this is my castle. It's about leading. And when you lead and you're a good leader and you're a godly leader, people will follow and your family will follow. And that's the point of the verse. Well, you know, duct tape is one of those items that can solve just about anything. And there was a comedian uh, uh, writer, his name is uh, Steve Smith, and Steve, Steve created the comedy show, The Red Green Show. Anybody ever... The Red Greens show, it, it, it's funny, it's still on, it's on YouTube, I think it's maybe on Netflix, but it's certainly on YouTube, and it's funny. It's good, clean, uh, guy, ladies, you won't appreciate it at all, but uh, uh, this is a guy, well, some of you women will, <laughs> and, and he is, he was every man's handyman, and he had increased the sale of duct tape because of his antics. He, he used duct tape to, for, for many of the contraptions that he developed. And uh, Red was also known for giving manly advice. Let me share some manly advice. If it ain't broke, don't lend it. <laughs> Men, keep your stick on the ice. And if women don't find you handsome, they sure can find you handy. And then... And then the, the, uh, the men's uh, motto, and, and it's in Latin, it's uh, quando omni fluncus moriati, which means when all else fails, play dead. <laughs> Have you heard of the man's prayer? <laughs> all right, men, bow your heads for the men's prayer. I'm, I'm a, a man, man and I, I can change. change. If I have to, I guess. Play that over again. I, I think it was muted. All right, men, bow your heads for the men's prayer. I'm a man, and I can change. If I have to, I guess. I'm a man, but I can change. If I have to, I guess. And while it's a little goofy, it offers some pretty good uh, uh, advice that each of us dads might want to seriously consider. For some, it may mean there needs to be a change, and for others, it's going to serve as an affirmation of what you're already doing. And I look at six aspects of being a good father. I wanna, I, this, is a, this is going to be a topical message. Six aspects of being a good father. Father needs to be faithful. He needs to be rock solid. 
He needs to be open and completely transparent to his family. He needs to be a provider. He needs to be flexible. And that's not bending down and touching your toes. That means flexible in all forms of life. And the sixth thing, he needs to be respected. Ladies, if you want to hurt your husband's heart, disrespect him. If you want to make him feel like the person that can conquer the world, respect him. Faithful. Faithful to God. Deuteronomy 6.5 says, Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your strength. Scripture is very clear that the first priority of fathers should be evident in their faithfulness to God. You want to make a difference in your family's life? Be faithful. Every aspect of your life should show that. Husbands, you need to be faithful to your wife. Ephesians 5.25, Husbands, love your wives just as Christ loved the church. Just as Christ loved the what? The church. And who are you? Who are we? We're the church. And if Christ loved us so much that He gave His life for us, think about that. He loved us so much that He gave His life for us. How much... More, how, how, how can we do anything less when we show that kind of love to our wife? You hear me, guys? How much more, how, 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 much, how can we do anything less than love our wives the way that Christ loved His church? He, he, gave his, he gave His all. There wasn't anything else that He could give. And that needs to be our, our M.O. In, marriage, in a marriage union, you're responsible to be faithful to your wife And she should always be able to count on you to be there, just like Christ was willing to die for the church. Guys, can your wife count on you? Can your wife count on you? Oh, yeah, you snarl and snort and snicker and bicker and growl and howl at each other. But in the final analysis, when everything else is laid bare, can you count on your husband? Guys, we need to be a rock. And that's not some big dopey lump of stone. We need to be rock solid. 1 Peter 5.10 says, In His kindness, God called you to share in His eternal glory by means of Christ Jesus. So after you have suffered a little while, He will restore, support, and strengthen you. And He will place you on a firm foundation. My sister, after you've suffered a little while, He's going to put you on a firm foundation. It's going to hurt. Suck it up, buttercup. He's going to put you on a firm foundation. Now, that's, that's just, you didn't have to pay for that. That was free. But for us guys, we need to be on that firm foundation in our, in our, in our walk, I mean, in our, in our life, how other people are seeing us, how our children are seeing us. Dads. You only have one opportunity to build into the life of your sons or daughters. Make the most of it. Don't blow it. Say, John, I already did. Are you a grandpa? God is the God of the second chance. 
said, oh, I blew it. Okay. Are you a great-grandpa? You got a third chance. Don't blow it. We have this opportunity, this wonderful opportunity, to be the rock, a firm foundation in our family, in a family of our children, to our grandkids. Do you enjoy your grandkids? Man, I, 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 I'm going through kind of withdrawal because I got four of them that are in camp. Uh, usually at least one of them comes to... Five, well, okay, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I got five. <laughs> yeah, usually Evan hangs out with, with mom. And... Uh, uh, I'm, I'm, I miss them. Uh, I don't see them all the time, but I miss them. I, I miss knowing that they're there, they're around. Be a rock. I believe it ought to be the role of the dad to anchor the whole family. That's the father's role. That's not mom, that's not your role. You, you make it sweet, you make it work, you, uh, you make it uh, harmonious, you, you do those things that make a house a home, but dad holds it all together. Families are, we should not be looking to our wives to fulfill this role. Hey, John, I work. Good for you. Way to go, Dad. I work 60 hours. Great. Great. But that does not mean that you abdicate, you give up your, <coughs> your role as uh, uh, the anchor of the family. Families are under severe attack and, and, and families are being bombarded from every angle. Good families. Good families are being threatened by all kinds of things. Look at the stats concerning divorce and teenage pregnancy and suicide, drug addiction, peer pressure. Duct tape won't fix that, my friends. Every family needs the father to be the anchor. Every family needs the father to step up to the plate. Every, every family needs the father to glue, to be the glue that holds the family together. Not mom. Dad. And if your shoes are pinching a little bit, mine are too. Every family needs the father to be the spiritual leader in the home. Let me say that again, because I don't think you got it. Every father needs to be the spiritual leader in the home. Let's give mom a break. Let's give mom a break today. Step up, guys. Yeah, but when I leave, I leave for, I leave for work and the, it's, it's the, nobody's out of bed. And when I come home, everybody's in bed. Well, wake them up. You can be the spiritual leader. The Bible encourages us to bring up our children according to God's ways and to God's purposes. This is good stuff, because I know most of you are doing this. And if you're waiting to have a family, this is great, this is great preparation for that day. Third thing, you need to be open and completely transparent to the family. 1 Timothy 2.14 says, And it was not Adam, as I read before, who was deceived by Satan. The woman was deceived, and sin was the result. Uh, Adam needed to be transparent with his wife. You know, it's one thing to give, your, give our children instruction, but it's another to set the example. Set the example for our kids. The example you set is the one seen at home because that's where you are who you really are. You are who you really are when the shoes come off and, and you, you, you wander around dads in your, in your boxers and, 
and uh, scratching and belching. I mean, that's, we all do it, so nobody goes, oh, we all do it. That's the real us. And when we're doing the real us, we set an example for our kids. A transparent dad allows his children to see him during the good times and the bad times. A transparent dad is also one who says, child, son, daughter of mine, wife of mine, I blew it, forgive me. And I think when we, dads, when we, when, when I, when we blow it, we need to be transparent enough to allow the children to see us make amends with our wife. We need to be quick, guys, to ask our wife to forgive us when we truly have wronged her. It can be little things. Little things. Those little things, those little darts that can wound her heart and break her spirit. And we need to say, I'm sorry, you know, forgive me. During the good and exciting times and the stressful, anxious moments, these kids need to see us. Because they're going to learn how to deal with those situations by watching us deal with them as God would have us. Let your kids see you make tough decisions as it'll prove invaluable as they grow up to make those tough decisions. I'm, I am, I'm excited to watch my granddaughter Bethany and her husband as they make decisions having a baby and having another baby on the way. I get excited watching my, my other daughter, granddaughter, uh, Tiffany, who's in love. Oh, my word. You get around them, you go into sugar shock. They just, it's just dripping off them, you know. And, uh, but I'm excited to see how they work out these issues of life, and they're not afraid to do that in front of their parents or the grandparents. Uh, siblings, uh, maybe so. So, so, be a, so a, a real man is, is going to uh, uh, deal with those situations. A real man of God is a transparent man. Be a provider. 1 Timothy 5.8 says, But those who won't care for their relatives, especially those in their own household have denied the true faith. Such people are worse than unbelievers. Take care of their relatives. That's not handing them a $5 bill. That's meeting the needs of the family, extended family. But more importantly, to, have take, to take care of the needs of your immediate family. Because people who don't, people who won't work, people who won't provide for, for the children, for their wife says they're worse than an unbeliever. Hard workers get noticed by God. Hard worker means that you provide for your family. A hard worker ensures that there's food on the table and clothes on, the, on everybody's back in the house. A hard worker provides not only the physical needs, but the mental, emotional, and spiritual needs of the family. That's a hard worker. And there's a notion that the man's responsibility is only to provide, to pay the, pay the bills and, and take care of the physical stuff. But yet we are responsible 
for our family's emotional needs by, by listening to our kids, finding out where they are. Now, I, I'm, not, I'm not talking about the helicopter parent that, that's afraid to let little Jimmy go because he's going to bump into a, a kid that cusses. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm talking about parents who are involved in knowing where their kids are at in their lives. So men are also responsible for the spiritual needs. And this is accomplished by being a Christian example. For fathers being a hard worker, this should not be an option. It shouldn't be a bother. It's an obligation. You say, John, I, I, don't, I don't know how. Well, start out reading, reading a, a proverb. Today, what's the date today? The 17th? You read Proverbs 17 to your wife. The night before, you need to see what Proverbs 17 says and then make some, make some observations about that, how this applies to us. Honey, do you see what this says? And then allow her to insert, insert, not dominate. You know, he may be just trying out his wings on this, on this church business or on this Bible business. It may be brand new stuff, uncharted waters, and you've been around forever and a day, this is licensed to keep your teeth together as he is sharing God's word and his thoughts to you. Be flexible. John 16.33 says, I've told you all this that you may have peace in me. Here on earth you'll have many trials and sorrows. Take heart because I have overcome the world. Take heart. Don't let this stuff weigh you down so bad that you become ineffective in your ministry to your family. There's times when you as a dad, are, you're going to be stretched. You may be stretched right now. Sometimes it's going to hurt a little more than other times. Sometimes that child who turns into a teenager and is driving is going to do some incredibly uh, uh, harmful things to themselves, you think. You're going to be stretched. You're going to have a lot of sleepless nights. <laughs> you're, going to be, you're going to be finding yourself dozing off and, and he or she's not home yet. You're stretched. You know, life's a lot like going to a chiropractor. I got old Doc Bear. He sticks me with needles. He yanks me, and he'll remind you of a real tall Steve Martin. And, and uh, uh, he, he's, he's, he's a great guy. He knows his business. But he'll stick these little needles in you, and then he'll yank you and crank you and jab you and poke you and push you and twist you. And he's got this thing that looks like a, one, of those, one of those gizmos that take air out of concrete. He fires that thing up all over your back. Oh, that's great. You come out of there taking back stuff you never stole. I go in looking like a question mark. I come out ready to dance a jig because of how he is able to manipulate my body physically. Parenting is similar to that. (laughs) There needs to be frequent adjustment especially as boundaries and rules get broken or, or pushed up against. Dads, we need to be flexible 
in how we raise our kids. You have a, a, one child who is extremely compliant, and all you have to do is bark, and they turn into this teary mess. <laughs> and you have another child that you could wail the daylights out of, and they just sit there and look at you. You know, be flexible in how you deal with your kids. I'm still learning as we assist mom and dad with our grandchildren. Sometimes it's tough not to meddle. But God says, they're doing a good job. You did what you were told when you raised them. Let them alone and spoil those grandchildren rotten. Feed them full of chocolate and then send them home. Ha, <laughs> yeah. Get them cranked and then send them home and let mom and dad deal with them. So I'm still learning. And the things that worked when our girls were home doesn't necessarily work in their homes. With the exception of biblical truth, methodology changes daily. And I find that I'm not near as hard on my grandkids as it was on the girls. I didn't think I was that hard on the girls, but their mother sure was. But um, I forget about I forget about it, and 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 I have a great grandson that doesn't do anything wrong. This is the perfect child. Now you may think you have it, but I'll, I'll show you a little Calvin because he is he he just that's another right. Fathers, as difficult times come, and they will. Take heart in the fact that Jesus is already the victor. He, he knows the problem, and he's got it worked out, which means that we're on the winning side. And, and Jesus is going to help us be the absolute best fathers that we can possibly be. The last thing is respect. Respect. Romans 14, 17 through 18 says, For the kingdom of God is not a matter of what we eat or drink, but of living a life of goodness and peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. If you serve Christ with this attitude, you'll please God and others will approve of you too. Our lives should be such that we're respected by God. And when we shed this mortal coil, that's Shakespearean for die, and we meet Jesus and he says, Well done, son. Well done, daughter. Well done, child of mine. Come on in. Enter the joy of the Lord. Our lives should be such that we're respected by our family. That children never hear mom call dad the old man. Children never hear this, well, your father gets home. The children never hear their their mothers speaking in disrespectful terms to their husband, calling him stupid, dumb, a moron, ignoramus. Now, we have a lot of fun in our home. We've had a lot of fun in our home. We've done some zany things in our home because I've got two of the zaniest women that ever drew a breath of air, and 
And they learned it at the feet, at the knees of their grandmother, who was even zanier. Grandma Jean was nuts, but she was screwed on the right bolt. <laughs> but never ever had I, have I heard her, had, had I heard her say one negative thing about her husband, to her husband. Yeah, he frustrated the stew out of her. As I do with my wife, as you do with your wife. But don't let the kids hear that. If you need to talk to him sternly, take him aside, put him in the bedroom, lock the door, and have that talk. Our lives should be such that we're respected by the community. And that should be evident in, in how we conduct our daily affairs. Our, our conduct inside the confines of our homes, the conduct that we believe no one else sees or hears, that's where respect needs to come out. Our name should carry a quality of respect about it. Not that everyone's going to love you. Not everybody's going to like what you say. Not everybody is going to appreciate your, your humor or, or even your, your seriousness. But they should have a respect. They should respect you by the way that you conduct yourself. Now, if I had a roll of duct tape here, I don't. It comes in a roll like that, that thick. And it's one of the most well-rounded adhesive tapes on the market. It can fix just about anything. But if you leave that out in the rain or the moisture, for a few hours, it loses all its adhesive uh, qualities. In other words, that strong multi-use tape becomes useless when exposed to the wrong elements. If we as fathers become exposed to negative, unhealthy, and unwholesome elements, we're going to lose our intrinsic qualities in the home. Before you know it, we're not going to be the adhesive, the glue that holds our family together. Now, I'm talking man-to-man here, ladies, you go to sleep. I'm talking father-to-father. I'm talking your heart, guys, to my heart. Not as one who has it all together and does everything perfectly. Rather, I speak to you this morning as somebody who has journeyed that, that path of fatherhood and has had some victories and had some defeats. I don't believe that we have inherited the families that we have by accident. It's by God's design. And as you, you young people are in love and looking for the, toward the future, remember mom and dad and how they loved you, how they showed you their love, how they dealt with you, how they, how they ministered to your spirit. And I believe that we as fathers are to do everything in our power to be God's representatives and positive role models and influences in the lives of those kids that are in our family. For some, that's a little more difficult than others. You know, I'm aware of separation and divorce and custody issues. Unfortunately, it's a, a reality that we have to contend with, but you know better than anyone your relationship with your child. Regardless of where they're living, with God's help, we need to be godly influence in the lives of our kids. And dads, we only get one opportunity to parent our children. Now, we get second chances with the grandkids, but we still don't have that direct influence that we could have. So let's ask God for guidance to do it right the first time and 
the good news is it's never too late to start. Teaching points today. A godly father is faithful. A godly father is rock solid. A godly father is transparent. Godly father provides. A godly father is flexible. And a godly father is respected. Let's pray.